Hey, boys and girls, today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. No matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders! All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. So much, so much to cover. We have NHL, NBA playoffs, it's draft week, and we can gamble on all of it. It's very exciting. Master Tate Frazier, the executive producer of this podcast, is here. What's up, Tate? That was a very great intro. It's good to be back, Sal. Oh, good. It's good to have you back. You're also covering the draft with Mike Lombardi on GM Street. You went over... Uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday or today, you went over the top 15 offensive players, right? Yes, we went we went over as many as we could. We also learned that Mike Lombardi wants you to draft defense. So uh, oh. we spent a lot of time talking about offensive players, but the main thing that we took away from it was Bradley Chubb should be number one in the draft. Is that right? That's right. Okay. That's what we're hearing. That's what Mike Lombardi is saying. So we'll see if it happens. Now, when you say the top 15 offensive players, it's not the offensive like, not the ones that are pretending to take a crap during a touchdown dance, right? <laughs> no, that, that would be a separate list. That'd be a pretty good list, too. Oh, not offensive. Yeah, offensive. not offensive. I yeah. got you. All right, Bradley Chubb. All right, listen, we're going to talk draft props. We'll get to all that. You could bet this now. As of last year, you could bet it in Las Vegas. Uh, you could bet, actually, if the first pick will hug his mother or his agent first. It's ridiculous. I, I can't believe they used to hold the draft before you could gamble on it. Like, what's the point of even having a ga- uh, draft, Tate? Uh, yeah, there is no point. Yeah. We can bet on everything now. That's it's right. a beautiful time. We don't have to worry about that. I'm going to be talking to uh, Michael Irvin from the NFL Network, or you may know him from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Never had a Football Hall of Famer on before. That's great. Um, we're going to get insight from the playmaker, who the Cowboys should draft. Michael's going to call in a little later. But uh, first, I want to introduce you to a very special trio. They're my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Sal? What's going on, buddy? Well, you know, we were 2-2. Two and two. It was looking promising for a while. I think we were 2-0 and oh with our best bets um, going into Saturday night or something, and then... Brother Bry, you had Barboza in the in the what was it in the UFC, right? Yeah, in the UFC card on Fox. That was uh, that was looking like the biggest ass kicking ever through two rounds. I actually wanted them to just stop the fight to put me out of my misery, yeah. and then Barboza landed a crazy kick and actually had a chance of winning. And uh, uh, Lee got a hold of his leg, and then that was pretty much it for the rest of the fight. It's weird because uh, like you went. When a guy's behind, you usually like, all right, and he, he stuns somebody, like, hey, go forward, go forward. But in this case, had he not gone forward, had he taken just a, a pause, like Canada to Mississippi, the, the, the Lee was out of it, and he would have maybe been able to pounce. But uh, the circumstances were that he got hold of his legs and uh, got the rest he needed. It was uh, interesting. Now, Parley Kid, you hopped on the Blue Jackets bandwagon just a little late, which is weird because you had the the Caps to win the series, right? We can't get it straight. Yeah, that's correct, Sal. I, I, I lost with the Blue Jackets in uh, Game 5. My other two teams uh, on the parlay hit. And let's face it, Sal, probably jinxed the Blue Jackets, but at the same time elevated my Caps. I actually won money on Caps, the Capitals this weekend, the first time in my life it's impossible. I've ever won money on the Capitals. So. Uh, thank goodness that finally happened. Finally happened. And now they go on. They play the Penguins now, right? 
That's correct. A coworker of mine asked, has there been, in recent years, has a team been eliminated by a team more than the Caps have been eliminated for the Penguins? And you know what I told him? I said, I have no effing idea. Go look it up yourself. <laughs> I really, but it does, seem like, it does seem like that happens does, a lot, it, right? It sure seems like it. And yeah. then, look, the NHL, and we mentioned this last week, they got to get their playoff format a little bit more corrected here, and yeah. we might avoid this a little bit more uh, you know, often. Right, and, uh, seeing these two teams play at this point, anyway. Yeah. Now, st- uh, staying in Washington, Harry, you had the Wizards. Harry, you won all weekend with parlays. You were doing crazy things all weekend, but you won with the Wizards on that was Friday, right? That's Friday night. Friday yeah. night, game three. And they were yeah, you know, uh, laying like two and a half, Wizards. and they won by a, a bunch. Yeah, I said, you know, it's nice to hit a game once in a while, exactly the way you call it. You know, it's only the first time that's happened to me in about seven months. But right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I did say uh, they'd win by double digits. They did. I said Bradley Beal will bounce a uh, rebound from uh, nine points in, in game two. He had 28, so it worked out nice. They won by, like, 19. So it was a roll job. It's great. Speaking of roll jobs, um, you're, well, we'll get to that later. But you, you, you basically have a girlfriend now. You basically have a girlfriend, right? Teetering. Teetering on the line. Teetering. <laughs> Tate, what do you think of this? You should see these uh, texts we're beginning. Hey, Harry, what is a roll job? Is that when they get past the first roll? <laughs> <laughs> Even Harry doesn't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I really don't. Harry's into his roll I'm job. I'm happy. Right, I'm, gonna... I love love. I'm happy for hey, you, Harry. Yeah, Tate, I'm happy, too. I'm happy. This is nice, you know? It's nice to, uh, you know... <laughs> Get treated like a star, finally. It's, it's nice. It's nice to serve someone else orange juice in the morning, freshly <laughs> squeezed. I may add, other than Ken. So, other than your, right. your boss, Ken. Yes, that's right. All boss, right. Yeah. Uh, I had the Bucks minus six and a half on uh, on Friday. That was also Friday night. It went down to five. Uh, it was game three against the Celtics. I liked it because it was too high, basically. And that's stupid, right? But maybe so. But it inspired this email. Let's go to the mailbag. Um, all right, Sal, this fall, Harry broke down the Arizona versus Oregon college football game. He gave about five reasons why Arizona should win and win big. Every reason he gave made complete sense. Khalil Tate, Arizona scored 45 or more in seven games prior. The Wildcats won five of six going into the game. Oregon had lost four of five going into the game. In those four losses, the Ducks averaged 8.5 points per game. Harry then changed my thinking forever. He saw Oregon was minus three and immediately went the other way and took the Ducks. I had to scroll back to make sure I heard him correctly, but he went on to explain your thinking of fishy lines. Basically, somebody knows something, and if it doesn't make logical sense, trust the line. Oregon won 48-28. This past podcast, you had the exact mindset with the Bucks. They lost both games in Boston and magically were minus six at home. You trusted the line that didn't make any sense and won. I really enjoyed this tidbit from the podcast. Please find a name for it. Like Simmons Ewing theory, betting the other way theory needs its own scientific ringer term. Keep up the great works, guy. Guys, P.S. Good luck on a third date, Harry. Wow. He's all over you. Adam Greer from Finley, Ohio. Well, Adam, I thought about this. Fellas, did you? I, first of all, it's totally subjective. Whether I think something's a high line or not, someone else might not think it. But six jumped out to me, and I wonder, I was trying to think of. Um, if it makes no sense, make dollars, or no sense, just dollars, or if the game is fixed, don't break it. I feel like I need Johnny Cochran in here uh, somehow, but he's dead. He's not going to help. Um, uh, if it seems odd, bet the wad. Let's go with that for now. If it seems odd, bet the wad. What do you think, Tate? Yeah, I like that. Good one. 
That's yeah. a good one. Johnny would be proud. Yeah, thank God, Johnny. I'm looking up. I, I, should, I should probably be looking down. But uh, Harry, what do you think? This is something we've uh, subscribed to for years, but I don't know. Maybe it wins more than it doesn't. But like I said, it's totally subjective, right? Yeah, it's almost like uh, it's still probably 52% that we're right or wrong when I'll we take call it. this or whatever. But uh, when we do call it ahead of time, and we've done we, when we did it in college and afterwards, if we do call it ahead of time and said this game is really rigged with a line and then our side wins by 20, we really think we know what we're talking about, you know? I just feel like uh, I, I feel smarter, you know? It's like, oh, there was right. that, that, land, that landmine right there. Like, I admit, how could you guys fall for that? It's right there. There's a ticking bomb underneath. But, yeah. And it's uh, so good. You win that, and then the next, then, then you think you know what you're talking about, and, you're, and you feel, get a little cocky, and then you lose four out of the last right. next five, and then you're back to. All right, listen, if you'd like yeah. to. Uh, how many times yeah. are we on a text chain where we say this is a fishy line, and then we, uh, we go against that and we lose? Right. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It happens all the time. Um, listen, if you want to compliment us, cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. That's the place to do it. We'll take we'll take all of them. Before we get to draft props, let's talk NBA NHL trends. This is going into where are we? Tate, what is today? Wednesday? Yeah, Tuesday? Tuesday, twenty fourth, yep. Going going into Tuesday. Golden State is the favorite to win the NBA title at even. Brother Bry, I said I called it last week. I said we'd never see a plus in front of them again for the rest of the year, and now they're even. I, I think that'll go up to the minuses. You're right. The Rockets are plus 180. The Sixers, everyone loves the Sixers team. 10 to 1 odds, and the Cavs, 15 to 1 odds. Wow. Uh, Parlay Kid, you're all over the Sixers, right? I, I can't figure out the East, but everybody seems to like the Sixers. Yes, yeah, so at this point, uh, let's face it, they came into the playoffs on a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, they get arguably maybe their best player back, at least second best player back, a dominant force in the middle. Uh, at this point, I, I really feel like they're the team to beat in the East. They're the best team in the East. Uh, who else really scares you at this point? Uh, the Cavs have shown they can be beaten. The Pacers are a, a nice, hardworking team. Uh, the Raptors outside of DeRozan, sometimes you're like, where are they going to get any scoring from? The Wizards have some talent, but they still have some flaws, too. I think the, the Sixers, they're playing the best ball. Uh, hopefully they uh, can finish this off tonight. Yep. And um, I, I think I think they're going to the finals out of the East. I, I can't see anybody beating them. So what's interesting is they're 10-1 to 1 to win the NBA title. As of like yesterday morning or this morning, they were 2-1 to 1 to win the East. Before the playoffs, 7-1 to one to win the East. The uh, sports guy and I jumped on it, which makes me most hesitant, despite anyone's actual analytical, uh, <laughs> what, what they can offer us in terms of what the Sixers have done to other teams. Simmons and I have the Sixers, so that's what, that, that's what worries me. Tate, is this the team to beat in the East? I don't know. I feel like you can make a case for Washington as much as any of these teams in the East. Yeah, but then you got Washington. You know, they may fold when they go back to Toronto. Right. We've seen them do that on both sides. Uh, yeah, I think the Sixers are the favorite. I uh, famously said on this podcast that I thought the Heat was going to steal Game One, and then they got blown out. But they did get Game Two, so I was excited about that. And uh, I don't know. I I just feel like the East is so wide open at this point. It's hard to even tell. But Ben Simmons is a, a complete star, just like Donovan Mitchell is a star. So. I, I believe. I believe in Philly for the first time. All right. And it's not because Philly fans have threatened me for the past four months because I said they weren't going to win the Super Bowl. It has nothing to do with that. Tate has, of course not. But, Tate, you do have $63 on Miami to win that series. Yes, yes. And uh, I'll, I'll throw this in. Game 
five, Miami 36, Philly 34, mm. five and a half left mm. in the second. So that game's over. You don't, they're not coming back from that. <laughs> uh, let's switch over. Uh, by the way, if you want something to root against, something hilarious, I did it, guys. We talked about it. I said Golden State, Houston, game five. That's the maybe the only basketball lock the rest of the way. <laughs> I hit the two-team money line parlay for minus 476. I'm not even going to tell you how much I'm, I'm risking, but let's just say uh, I'm leaving town and Tate is taking over this podcast uh, if one of those goes down. For God's sakes, win those games, crying out loud. That, that's got to be a gimme, but it'll be fun if it loses, right? NHL, Nashville, 4-1. to one. Tampa Bay, plus 425. Harry's Las Vegas Knights. He's loved for so many years. He's loved that team. 5-1 oh, odds and the defending champs, the Penguins, 6-1. to one. Um Brother Bry, if you had to start over and bet one of those four teams, which way, where's your money going? Uh, I still like Winnipeg. I liked them oh. two weeks ago. I mean, they and they were, were plus six fifty, right, or something? Yeah, they were only plus six fifty. I mean, they're still yeah. plus six hundred. So I think, uh-huh. um, I think they're also against the Predators. I forget what they are. They're plus one thirty or something right. like that in that series. But I like. I'm probably going to jump big on that. I think. I think that'll be fun to report. It's Barry- so going to be an exciting series because I think those are like two of the three best crowds in, in mm-hmm. hockey. Barry Melrose uh, likes them too. He likes a peg. I think over. Uh... Over uh, Nashville. All right, that'll be fun. Right, last week we gave out trends. Um, some of them good, some of them bad. Brother Bry, while we're talking to you, yours was teams that were down 0-2 in a series. In Game 3 when they're home, or actually they don't even have to be home. How was it? Game 3. No, they don't have to be home. Right, Game just, 3, take yeah, them in the just, first half, right? Yeah, take them in the first half. So that started off miserable. I was down 0-2, uh-huh. uh, lost the first two games, and then uh, won the last three. So finished 3-2, and two, so I'll take that. It's a positive. Right. All right. And uh, Darren, the parlay kid, you have – this is a tough one to track, and it's a tough one to say who the stars are, but the points, rebounds, and assists combined, they have props for that for all the stars. And I know they jack Russell Westbrook – Joe Jack, I didn't even mean to say Jack Russell, but Russell, they jack his numbers up. They jack LBJ's yeah. numbers up. I, I know LeBron liked to have a double double was minus four fifty, and then some games it's minus seven fifty. But that, as far as your tracking, is still doing okay, right? Yeah, it's still in it's still in the money, Sal. Uh, that's mm. for sure. Simmons has been pretty uh, pretty good with it. Uh, I think I think he's hit it almost. Uh, I think every night he's hit it, uh, and I, I think you're still in the money. Probably hitting about sixty percent minimum mm-hmm. on on that on that bet. All right. All right, now Harry, this is a different story. Now, like I said, I don't know how you made money last week because your prop was, and granted, it was for the Eastern Conference matchups in the NHL. You said the over was on fire, and since you said that in the whole NHL, the under was seven and zero in the next seven games. Correct. Something else. At one point, at one point, <laughs> I do believe it was eight zero and three. Eight zero and three, and then it went, yeah. Oh, oh, to, oh! You're, you're right. In your favor, you're saying, yeah. And then, right. At right. one point, and then when I researched gotcha. it and did all the math, and because I had a couple of those games over, right. And then it just then it should should the pad afterward. Okay. So you have another hockey trend moving forward that uh, it, it seems very confusing when I read it uh, three or four times, but maybe you could take us through <laughs> it. What is it? Well, listen. Um, you know, over the past couple, past weekend and everything, I played a couple of these props with the NHL. I played. Uh, Ovechkin, I played Crosby over it over on a total of shots on goal plus points scored. So 
Crosby for the whole playoffs has been his number has been four and a half. Uh-huh. Ovechkin's been five and a half. Now again, that shots on goal added with points, and with Washington playing Pittsburgh coming up, we probably figure it'll be high scoring, high flying action, but. Sidney Crosby, in his last 13 playoff games versus Washington, Crosby has only gone over four and a half combined one time in 13 games. Mm -hmm. In the last 13, he's won 11 and one game he didn't play against the spread of going over four and a half shots on goal plus points. Meanwhile, Ovechkin, his norm, like I said, is five and a half of the playoffs this year so far. In his last seven playoff games versus Pittsburgh, him going over the five and a half against the spread is zero and seven. Mm-hmm. Wow! Uh, you know, I'm lo- I'm looking over at Tate right now. He's uh, he's he's sleeping. He looks so peaceful. I don't know if I should wake him up. Uh, Are you kidding me? That's sick. I'm just, I'm just gonna let him sleep. Zero seven. That's some numbers. Shh! You're gonna wake him up, Barry. Yeah. Come on. What are you doing? Don't raise your voice like that. Well, so you right. ever listen to a podcast that's like half the speed? <laughs> no, like, you know, you can set on I, iTunes, yeah. like half the speed, that, one and a half times, two times. Yeah. yeah. That's hey. what Harry sounded like, half the speed. Yeah. 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 Screw you guys. I thought that was gold. <laughs> Screw you guys. That's gold. All right. So just to sum it up, so you're saying these guys under, right? I'm saying under because you figure Washington-Pittsburgh, a lot of points, a lot of scoring stars in the game. No, go with the under okay. on their shots on goal with right. points combined total. All right, Bro- Brother Bri, bring us back to life here. What do you like? <laughs> so I've been t- texting you guys a lot lately just saying uh, we should be jumping on some of these over-largest uh, lead of the games. And I-, I know only maybe certain sites offer this, but usually mm-hmm. the games have been like uh, early on it was like 14, 15, 16, maybe 17 sometimes. But a lot of these games have had 25-point leads in them. So I went back. I keep saying every game I should take it. And then I went back to the last 22 games, and I found that it, the over on these largely of the games have gone 16 and 6. Mm. So uh, I think that's a trend to, to keep in mind. The only the only thing is what we talked about last week is it seems like they're adjusting these lines. Like I think for even the game tonight for the 76ers game, I think – the, the largest lead of the game was like 19 wow. or something like that. So they, they are really making these high. I think Golden State against the Spurs is like 20 and a half. But usually they're around like when they're around the 15, 16 range, it seems to be consistently going over. And every game always seems to get about to 15, 16 at least. Sometimes those go under. But in right. general, like I said, 16 and 6 in the last uh, 22. Nice. And I think Boston may have gotten the over. They're up 11 now at the end of the third. I think they did. I think they were up 16. And again, I think that one was more like 15 and a half or something like that. As soon as someone's a double-digit favorite, they jack the biggest lead up to close to 20 there. Yeah, but yeah, why are they adjusting these? Let us win for a couple weeks before you adjust these (laughs) stupid lines. All right, Parley Kid, what's your favorite? Okay, well, you know, I do actually like Harry's. I I, I actually thought that was a pretty good one, Harry. Uh, Those those teams (laughs) tend to really... uh, really check each other's best players very well. So um, I think that's why that usually hits under on that. Okay. And so, I, you know, a little credit to Brother Bry here, who um, has been following this trend, too. And, and Harry actually won a parlay on this as, uh, as well the other day. And that's in, in the NHL. So 27 out of the 42 games that have been won have been won by more than one goal. Okay, now, you know, a lot of times right. hockey is close to the vest. A lot of one-goal games... A lot of overtime games, 
team wins three to two in overtime. Not so much so far in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Twenty-seven out of the forty-two games. Uh, so you might as well take the winning team, the team that you think is going to win, minus the one and a half. As Harry had a parlay just the other day with the Penguins and Predators, paid out very nicely for Harry because he had them both minus one and a half. Right. So, Fifteen goals combined. Right. So I, I think this is uh, this is kind of looking good. And on the interest, another interesting note: the the away teams have been killing this lately. They've yeah. been killing the away teams. In the 42 games, I think it's 21 wins for the home team, 21 for the away team. But lately, it's really trending. The visiting teams are winning. Okay? And sometimes home ice advantage in hockey is just, you know, it's the hot goalie. So you could take that away. Right. And here's another really quick trend. So, mm-hmm. And this goes back for a few years in hockey. And this is why I think I've been losing bets because I didn't realize that this was the trend. <laughs> um, a, a team coming off a road loss and coming back home, I always liked that team. Well, you know those teams are 24 and 34 over the last three years in wow. the playoffs in the NHL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, so that's uh, – I've always thought that was money. Yeah, you take the, the team coming off a, a tough road loss, right. they're going to win at home. 24 and 34 for that uh, that home team. So it's kind of like if you were saying to bet – should you bet the Bruins in their next game? I like the Bruins personally, but the trend would show – that Toronto's going to win that game. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The game sevens, though, tend to go towards the home the game team. Sevens, I think. Look, I you think. always go with the home team in the game seven. Uh, I, and I'm, 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 I'm a Bruins. I'm hoping the Bruins win at least. So. I, I sh- we should have gone. What was it, Brother Brian? What was it? Under one and a half game sevens? Uh, I was staring at that and staring at it. And I never pulled the trigger on it. And this yeah, is, you're right. This yeah. is the only yeah, game the seven. Last one we just got one. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go. Oh, incredible. I had this. Uh, this is the only one looking forward. Um, Golden State. Seven and two against the spread in their game ones. So in the last nine series, they're seven and two against the spread in their game ones uh, because they're home, obviously for all nine. I what do you think uh, that Pelicans line will be, Harry? Game one, you think it'll be eight and a half, nine, or more? Well, Pelicans haven't go back to the West Coast playing Golden State. Went Probably nine. Maybe might be a little higher because a lot of money won't be on the Pelicans. Right. You would think it might be nine and a half. All right. Well, this might be your chance to pounce. Uh, game one, Golden State. The series could get a little wonky after that, but uh, I, I would I would look at that. Um, NBA home teams are nineteen, twelve, and one against the spread going into Tuesday. Favorites twenty, eleven, and one against the spread. Uh, Tate, how far does that Pelicans Golden State game uh, series go? I think I think we all hope for six, right? That's best case scenario. I yeah. think we I think we hope for six. I mean Anthony Davis can will them to six games, I believe. He's it, been amazing. He has. Will he look at like as much of a star as he has been against Golden State? Like he he will have to be, right? Yeah, definitely. And he is the kryptonite. I mean, he is the five man that they have to guard. It's going to be on Draymond to guard him, which will be crazy. Yeah. Uh I don't know, but I don't I don't think one man can beat Golden State. Right. And I think uh Sports guy texted me the other day. He's like, "Why am I looking at Pelican Sixers at fifty-five to one <laughs> to win the champ to, to meet in the finals?" And I didn't have an answer for him. To be oh honest, boy, Pelican, Holiday, Pelicans have been fantastic, though. Yeah, yeah. Holiday's been Holiday's been great, unreal too, man. But wow. who, all right, but Tate, who's who are the two worst teams? I mean, is, was Portland the worst team? I mean, they, they played the worst, but I, I almost think about that about Miami too. Yeah, you know, I don't I, know. It was like the it was such a bad matchup, and then Holiday kind of matched 
uh, you know, those guys with guard play and scoring, which is the one thing that they did have. I, I think Lillard also got shook. They they sort of, uh. they did the Curry thing to Lillard for the first time, where basically you cross half court and we hit you, and we have two guys coming at you, and I, I don't think he was ready for that. So I don't know. They they seemed out of sync the whole series. Uh, so I I, I don't know. I, I can't take that one series and just automatically think the Pelicans are going to beat the Warriors, you know. Uh, I, I had over four and a half in that series, and of course it's the only one, <laughs> only sweep uh, out there. All right, let's. So, so you know yeah. it might be the worst who okay see i can't i yeah. can't uh, take watching them yeah. oh boy people oh, are so man. mad at them right and now you had well people i know people had west westbrook double double was easy i know the money was high there the the vig um well i mean he had four fouls early and, and mitt romney told him to leave what are you gonna do you can't <laughs> you can't come back from that right i think i don't know i don't know if that if the refs controlled that or what but that that was uh you guys all had okc yesterday right harry you hated it out of control with it. No offense. What does Tate? Let me ask you. What, what does Billy Donovan do? No one listens to him. They don't <laughs> yeah. run any plays. Yeah. Carmelo's been god awful. He's lost it totally. I think uh, Billy Donovan is ready to go back to college basketball. I, I, it almost makes Very me sad quick. to see someone that can't coach like Billy Donovan just get ignored by all those guys. Yeah. All right. Mm. Well, listen. There's no ignoring the NFL draft. That's this <laughs> Thursday. How about that for a That's segue? A segue. <laughs> yeah. I wish. Uh, and they have all these lines, and like I said, you could bet on just about everything here with this draft. What what song uh, these guys are going to come out to? What are some of the options here? Um, Drake uh, and Future Drake and song? Little there was a Wayne. Drake song. Yeah, uh, I think that was minus two hundred for somebody to come out to Drake. Right. Uh, Harry's uh, beloved Odell Beckham will it be part of a trade on draft day. You could bet that. And then obviously you could bet the players over under four for Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson over under 17 and a half. Uh, I wish we could make a teaser like Barkley's four and a half. I wish we could tease him up to 10 and a half and chub <laughs> to 11 and a half, but you can't do it. And by the way, I think this is a very difficult draft to bet. Um, because everyone's keeping it very close to the vest. This Dorsey, this Browns GM, is screwing everybody. No leaks at all. Like They should put him in the Trump cabinet. This guy's rock solid. We haven't heard. It's Tuesday night already, and we don't know. There's a kind of a rumor uh, that Baker Mayfield, they may like Baker Mayfield. And I like like Lombardi said, we're about to hear, every four or five hours, we're about to hear a rumor about the Browns. But um, I wish we could hear something so we could better – Accordingly. By the way, Harry, you took the Wonderlick test, right? I did take the Wonderlick test. Yeah, that's correct. And it was 12 minutes. It's it's more than 25 questions, right? Or is it 25 questions? No. It's 50. Oh, 50 questions. 50 qu- multiple yeah. choice questions, 12 minutes. And what was your score? Well, somebody put it on Twitter totally wrong. Uh, someone said I got 13. I got 33. I, I got 33. I got 20 more than Lamar Jackson. 20 really? more. I got Wait. more. Th- I got five more than Darnold. That dope. Wow. Sorry, how, how many times did you take the Wonderlick test? I took it once. And wow. it's timed. The, the, the website is set up such that it's timed, and you can't you can't just sit there forever, right? Right. Now you can also now when you see, but you see how much time you have left, and. Don't lose anything for getting wrong answers. So when you're at, well, I was at like number 40 with like two minutes to go. 
I just guessed the last 10, so who knows how many I got right on that. Right. Oh, Lamar Jackson. He's really ashamed of himself. All, all that, uh, all, Sal, all those uh, SUNY Oswego uh, officiating and yeah. basketball and baseball coaching techniques classes, they came into play there for us. <laughs> That's what you majored in. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, these these players are really, I mean, Harry is not a smart man. How is he getting 20 points higher than uh, these NFL <laughs> quarterbacks, Tate? Tate actually, you sent us a picture, Harry. Actually, it was a video. It was, you know, it was like, it, lo- it looked like um, <laughs> it looked like it came from 1985. Yeah, that's. I think that's no being kidding. a little generous. I don't know what was going on, but Harry, for some reason, was indoors and wearing sunglasses. He's big, dark black sunglasses, and uh, Tate Tate gave him the good name. What would what'd you call him? Stevie Wonderlick. Yeah, yeah Stevie Wonderlick. <laughs> I loved it. That was good. All right, so these guys better step it up on their uh, Wonderlick scores. But Harry, what do you like for an NFL draft prop? Well, first I've got uh, Roquan Smith, minus 175. Georgia wrote, Georgia's Roquan Smith, I'm getting drafted higher than Virginia Tech's Tremaine Edmonds. Now, right, I you could pit players. You, they, they, they have it set up so you could pit players against each other, uh, usually at the same position. And uh, Right, so you have Smith over Edmonds. Yeah, and I, I believe the line opened up minus 140, and like I said, it's up to 175. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really like Smith. He's just a guy who is always around the ball. Uh, a lot of, uh, like a lot of uh, another Smith, Telvin Smith, the Jacksonville Jaguars, always around the ball making tackles. Uh, look, let me give you some few, a few examples. Uh, in the SEC Championship, Smith had 13 tackles versus Auburn. In the National Semifinal, he had 11 versus Oklahoma. And in the championship game against Bama, he had a sack and 13 tackles. I mean, uh, meanwhile, the most tackles Edmonds in a conference game last season had was 10. I think Roquan, the line keeps going up. Everyone likes him too at minus one seventy five. I think that's the play. All right. Are you uh you have another one or is uh should we move yeah, on? I have another okay. one. Yeah, go I ahead. got go I ahead. got uh, <laughs> I got I got Saquon Barkley uh at minus two eighty now wow. um to go under four and a half, uh selection number four and a half. And I've seen reports that the Giants, uh, if he's there uh, we'll take him with a number two pick, but if they don't and the Browns go with a QB at number one, like you just discussed, uh, I don't think even the Browns can screw this up at number uh, at taking uh, pick number four. They have to take Barkley there if he's still available. Uh, Duke Johnson had a really nice season scoring seven touchdowns, but isn't every down back and new acquisition Carlos Hyde is nice too, but he's had injuries in the past and he's never had a 1,000-yard season. Yeah. I mean, you just cannot pass on a bona fide stud franchise running back. Uh, I think that's where the Browns have to go. So if worse comes to worse, the Browns have to take him at number four, so lay the juice and go under four and a half picks for Barkley. That's a lot of juice. That's that's more juice than you could squeeze in, uh, in a given week, I think, <laughs> Harry, but minus 280. But, yeah, I, listen, this could be a, a really weird draft, but all we could do right now is take the average <laughs> – draft position of the nine drafts we've looked at online and Saquon Barkley is is taken by the Giants in almost every single one of them at two so obviously under four and a half would work brother Bry I pushed and I was ecstatic to push on Leonard Fournette at four because they knew um they knew uh Jacksonville would take him there and uh and that's exactly where they went but they put it at four they didn't leave it at six and a half all week what is this a are they are they trying to screw us here uh, they may be. I mean, I, that's the thing. I mean, we haven't heard. I, 
the, we don't know with the NFL what anybody is doing at this point. In time. Yeah. The, I will say the last two years I get screwed by the Chargers, one for taking Mike Williams and then for taking Bosa. So back-to-back years, I mean – you said we we looked at nine mock drafts. I think I've looked at like ten thousand mock drafts. <laughs> yeah. I look at like people on Twitter, like random people on Twitter, like have nothing to do with football. Their mock mm-hmm. drafts. I just don't know what's wrong with me. But I think I've looked at more mock drafts than anyone, and I I don't think anybody knows what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it all starts with Cleveland. Nobody knows what they're doing. And I think Lombardi even said he's not even telling the owner. Right, Tate? Was that was that what Lombardi said? He's not even telling the owner until like. Draft day? Yeah. What they're taking? It, it, sometimes when you don't have an answer and you don't have a pick yet, it's better to say you do. You're just not telling anyone, and I think that's uh, sort of what Cleveland's up to right now. I think there's a lot of pe- a lot of people that have a lot of opinions on who they want to take. It, it's just it, Lombardi says they're basically crowdsourcing. So the more they leak, they get the responses, and then they sort of get all the information together and decide. It's going to be interesting. It's uh, I mean, we all watch the Browns, and it, it's not like their screw ups uh, uh, materialize <laughs> immediately, but. I love tuning in. It's better than the Super Bowl. Watching them pick and figure like they could they could draft uh, Uncle Rico from uh, from Napoleon Dynamite with their first pick. Like who knows? It's gonna be so much fun. My hope is that they don't get the pick in. That they just don't have a card ready. Oh, that's great too. That'd be great. What too. are the odds on that? All right, brother Bry. After looking at six thousand mock drafts, what do you come up with? Well, yeah, I have a few, but uh, similar to Harry, though, I, I, I'll go with this one that I have just because I did go big. I did bet big already on this. So I, similar to Harry, I have Barkley, but Barkley over Rose, and he's minus 200 right now. It was originally minus – I think it opened at minus 120. I got it at minus 140. I mean, from everything – again, from everything we see, the Giants are taking Barkley, which we know that – by that happening, by everyone saying that, it's probably not happening. Right. But I just am not that confident in Rosen going uh, anywhere in like the top four or five. And I think Barkley's definitely going to go somewhere in that range, regardless. So, I mean, I guess Rosen has a chance to go to the Jets. Yeah. Uh, and I think if he doesn't go to the Jets, he could fall for a while. But mm-hmm. uh, Barkley, you get him anywhere two, three. Uh, four, I, I mean, two, four, five, six. I mean, he could go to any of those teams, really. So I think uh, minus 200, I mean, we, nobody's really seen anything on Rosen recently for uh, him going in the and we the And we five. should mention these are most most of these. Was this one on Bovada? Uh, yeah, this one is uh, this, actually this one's on Sportsbook, but I, Sportsbook. I think they also okay. have something very similar on yeah. Bovada as well. Yeah, look on sportsbook.ag, bovada.lv, and BetDSI uh, has a bunch of these. What, what do you have? Well, give us another one. And then the other one I liked was under 19.5 for the first wide receiver taken. So that means the wide receiver has to be taken in the first 19 picks. Look, it's minus 170, but in the last seven years, a wide receiver has been drafted under 19 and a half, and that's even on some down years. Even like a Corey Coleman was taken, I think about 15 mm-hmm. uh, by the Browns. So you got a couple options there. You got Ridley, you got Moore, you got Sutton, you got Kirks, you got Washington, and then there's there's five or six teams around that in that teen range that that need a receiver. The Redskins, the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Seahawks, and especially the Cowboys. So right. if it gets to the Cowboys at 19, I could easily. I mean. They need somebody. So, if if it comes down to them, no receivers have been taken. I'm still confident that the Cowboys will probably draft one there. All right. I don't think it's a smart play to take a wide receiver this year because you can probably get some good ones later on. Like the kid Miller from Memphis, I feel like is really good. Uh, but I, 
I think somebody's going to jump on one of these receivers early, though. All right. I, I'm, I'm curious to find out. I'm going to ask Michael Irvin about this. Where are the Cowboys? Do they wait for the wide receiver? Do they hop on it early? All right, Parlay Kid, hit me with a one or a couple, and I think I think we disagree well, on one. So this ahead. is uh, it's ironic. We're talking a lot about the receivers, and yeah. so knowing that Michael Irvin's going to be on the show, I'm going to take wide receivers over two and a half All right. in the first round, and it's got a little plus next to it. It's plus 120. Uh, so I, I'm pretty sure it was 30 years ago that Michael Irvin was drafted in the first round by the Cowboys. Am yeah. I correct when I say that? Yes, it was, 30, 1988. Okay, 30 yeah. years ago. And, I'm, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, again, in that draft, Irvin went 11, Sterling Sharp went 7, and Tim Brown won six. Yep. What a great, what a great draft for receivers right there. I think so, Fli- Flipper I Anderson was in there, and uh, and Anthony right. Miller, right? Yeah. You had an Anthony Miller, uh, yes, and Flipper Anderson. I think was a second round draft right. pick mm-hmm. at at that time as well. Yep. Um, so, so I know you don't love this, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Brian probably doesn't love this, but I'm pretty convinced of this. Would you guys say Ridley is going in the first round? Yes, I think so. He's going in the first round, right? Uh, yeah. So he should. I mean, I've seen some things where he doesn't. Yeah. But he's right. I'm saying he's. I'm going to say 99 percent he's going in the first round. <laughs> and I, there are teams like the Cowboys that probably will not take Ridley. I think they're going to go with Moore or a Sutton in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Brian said, he listed all those teams that really could use a wide receiver. Are these guys the next Julio Jones? Probably not. But these three guys between Sutton, Moore. And Ridley, all a potential number one wide receivers. All right. The fact that we're going to get plus money on going with the over two and a half, I really like Sal. In fact, even if you liked it even more, I do like more at plus two fifty five to be taken over Ridley in okay. the first round. I think that's great value. I think a lot of people kind of like more size, uh, and especially like Sutton size, who's plus four fifty over Ridley in round uh, one as well. But yeah. I think these three guys are going in the first round. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if very late in the first round, a, a kid like Kirk from uh, Texas A&M might even fit in there as well. All right. So take the over receivers uh, over two and a half round one. All right. I will uh, reserve judge. I will talk more about that later on. Yes. Uh, but uh, Tate, what do you like? Uh, I got a uh, for the second overall pick. I was just trying to find some pluses. I I know that you guys are saying Barkley. Everyone's saying Barkley is going to be the number two pick. Uh, granted that the, uh, the the Browns will take a quarterback number one. I like Chubb just because I like Gettleman and I like what Gettleman usually does, which is take defensive linemen. We've seen the Giants take you know number two pick that was pretty good before Lawrence Taylor. Bradley Chubb is a stud he's unbelievable he's he's sort of like Lawrence Taylor a little bit uh that's plus 400 I like that a lot and then the other one I like is first wide receiver drafted uh Calvin Ridley's the favorite at minus 190 I think DJ Moore is going to be the first one off the board mm. I like the Ravens there we go, Tate. yeah I like the Ravens taking him at like 16 I think is their pick and that's a uh, plus 210 all right I like those and uh, on the Bradley Chubb uh discussion I like at minus 150 any other player this is, I think, on uh, Bavada. Any other player other than Bradley Chubb getting taken at number four is minus 150. Uh, are we really confident that we know what exactly what the Browns are going to do with their second pick, <laughs> let alone their first pick? Are you kidding me? And if Barkley, like everyone's saying, is around for number four, 
they will they will snatch him up. So I think minus 150 is pretty good. The Browns aren't talking. This guy hasn't said a word. Uh, any other player, any player other than Chubb, number four, minus 150. And I think at this bet DS side, now this might be wrong, this, this number, but it seems like the number one pick to hug his mom, if you say no, you get plus 400. Is that that's insane? That that can't be. You could have some uh, excited hanger-on uncle jump in the way of Sam Darnold as soon as his name is called, and then you win that bet. So I'm going plus 400. He can get attacked by a fan and hugged. Who knows uh, what's going on? It's in Dallas. Anything's uh, anything's up for discussion. All right, that's our NFL draft props. We may have a couple more later in our best bet segment, but right now. Let's tackle our sponsored segment, Captain's Morgan Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail. We go over make believe gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. This week, you know, when you think NFL draft, you automatically think of Mel Kuyper Jr. I'm infatuated with this guy, his hair, why he's the most popular. Why is it Mel Kuyper Jr., Tate? What, why? After all these years, it's I, amazing. I like to think Mel Kuyper Sr. was a really good draft analyst, but nobody saw him on TV. Yes. He, just, he just did it back at home by himself, and that's what's given you know Mel Kuyper Jr. the, the door. You don't hear much about Sr., but you hear a lot about juniors, and it got me thinking, what about all the other juniors in sports? <laughs> Which athlete is the greatest junior of all time? Now, here's how Captain Morgan's make-believe Riverboat Casino set the odds. They have Ken Griffey Jr. at even. Mm. They have Cal Ripken Jr. at 2-1. to one. Floyd Mayweather Jr. three to one, and any other junior seven to two. Parlay Kitty, you taking any of those three or going going field? Well, Sal, love Cal Ripken Jr. Uh-huh. Uh, puts today's modern, the modern day ball player to shame with the streak he had, but can't be him. So Ken Griffey Jr. I know you have him as the favorite, but I'm going to contend, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, I believe, <laughs> but. I don't. He can't be the greatest junior. Do you know that he was a 284 career hitter? His dad hit 296. Right. His dad out hit him by 12 points. Slightly overrated. Ken Griffey's most hits in a season 185. Mm. I I can't say he's the greatest junior. Then I look. Are there any other juniors out there? There's very little. Harry Gagnon is a junior. I knew but that. Absolutely no athletic ability. <laughs> so take him out of the equation. First off, I, I first off just to throw in, I did. Uh, did play three sports in high school, Darren, and in front of my female friend the other day at the basketball court here. I did at Ken Court. I hit four straight three pointers. So, oh, all right, you may you may want four to reconsider three pointers. Listen, Harry, well, don't don't make us post that tennis uh, footage. But let's get through this. Go ahead, parlay, kid. Right, and so Sal, that leaves me with Floyd Mayweather Jr. at uh, three to one, getting pretty good value there. Floyd has been a champ at every weight from one thirty. To 154, 50 and 0 in his career, and let's face it, Sal, he's one of the biggest degenerate gamblers of all time. Oh yeah, that's true. He is the greatest junior ever. Floyd Mayweather, <laughs> three to one. He would easily take himself, probably bet about 10 million on himself in this. Right. Give it to Floyd. All right. Three to one. Okay. All right. <laughs> Brother Brian, do you agree? Is it Floyd? Oh, I'm going any other junior, and uh, I'm going to pretty much – you can give me the uh, plus 350 right now when it comes down to it because I was first looking at this, and I was thinking, all right, who else uh, is not on this list, right? So when I was looking at others, I saw uh, Roy Jones Jr. Okay, that's comparable to Floyd, but I think Floyd, you still have to put him a little bit ahead of Roy Jones, Jones mm-hmm. Jr. Then when we get down to it, you have 
listen to these boxers. Uh, you have Sugar Ray Robinson. He's a junior. He's yeah. actually Walker Smith Jr. That's what he was born. Mm -hmm. So Sugar Ray, he's not even the best boxing junior. Cassius Clay Jr., Sal, the greatest of all oh, time, right? right. Yeah. Would, would that even be the best junior? No. George Herman Ruth Jr. Babe Ruth was a junior. So oh, he's wow. going to go down as the best junior of all time. It just... Just give me the money now. Give me the money now. Wow, you're right. Babe Ruth was a, wasn't he like an orphan too? That's his father. Uh, yeah, I don't know him. how that works, but yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that Harry, might make that invalid. Yeah, That's I point. don't know. We have to look into that. Harry, uh, you're you're a junior. Are you going with Junior Mints? What which one are you picking? <laughs> Brian makes a hell of a point there. I think he's got it. But I did make a point for anyways for Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, we all know about the consecutive game streak of twenty six thirty two. But I bet not a lot out there know that 1991, he won the Home Run Derby. He was named All-Star MVP. He won AL MVP and won his first gold glove that year. And I was going to make a little comparison between him and Griffey. He had 3,184 hits. Griffey had 2,781. So and he had more doubles than him. And believe it or not, Cal Ripken had more triples than Griffey. Mm. Uh Cal Ripken struck out almost 500 times less than Griffey, and in 10 more playoff games played, Cal had a 336 lifetime postseason batting average. Mm. Uh, plus, the dur durability factor is priceless. I'm making a case for Ripken Jr., but I think Brian wins it. I'll tell you what, Harry. Ripken Jr., the Iron Man, he isn't even the best Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. is a better athlete than Cal Ripken Jr., <laughs> as far as Iron Men go. Guy flies through over buildings. He wipes out whole uh, groups of people. But I'm going to tell you, the winner right now, yes, it is uh, Brother Bry is right. It is any other junior, but not because of Babe Ruth or Cassius Clay. Cuba Gooding Jr., the guy catches a pass over the middle, and Jerry Maguire gets slaughtered. Everyone thinks he's dead. They're walking out of the stadium's tears, and he gets up, and he has the ball enough to beat the Cowboys on a Monday night game. And somehow, somehow, on a Monday night game, Jerry Maguire gets back after two hours consoling his uh, client, gets back to this book club meeting uh, two and a half hours away, <laughs> and then driving, and then everything else, and somehow that's still going on at 3 in the morning. I have a lot of problems with that, that scene in the movie. <laughs> but anyway, Cuba Gooding Jr., yes. Tate, what are you saying? I agree with Cuba Gooding Jr. So <laughs> good that he got his own uh, NFL films, you know, a football life, Rod right. Tidwell. That's right. That's right. He did. All right. There you go. That's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, best bets, guys. Two and two last week. We could do better. I think we were zero and four. We were one and three a week before. We're going in the right direction. This is the uh, is the main take I'm making here, brother Bry. What is your best bet? All right, so for best bet this week, we don't have a lot of stuff going on the weekend, yeah. so we're going back to the draft here. And one of the ones I really like, I think this will be fun to bet, is the Lamar Jackson under 17.5 at minus 120. I think you can find that Bavada. I think it's on most most sites. There's also some sites where you can get them under 21.5 or some other ones at much higher odds, but I like any of those. So mm -hmm. there are about like 12 teams that really need a QB in this draft. You know, some as successors, but uh, I'm looking at like, yeah, I'm, 
eight really need a QB. I think 12 could use a QB. They could all take them in the first round. I think too many teams are going to look that they missed out on Watson last year, 12 uh, to Houston. So I think when you look at the Bills, you look at the Cardinals, I think one of those teams, you know, again, unless they trade up to take another QB, I think they're going to sit sit pat and uh, take Jackson there at like 12 or 15. I think uh, under 17 and a half. He seems to be, his name seems to be appearing all over the place again. So he seems to be the hot, a little bit of a hot commodity right now. So minus yep. 20, I like those odds. This thing, Lamar Jackson, I think two weeks ago, I think was the second round. I think the over under was like 34 and a half or something crazy. Yeah, it, so was. it was in the 30s. And now it's half of that at 17 and a half. And I, I think I agree. I think someone's going to take a chance. And for God's sakes, they should. I, I keep hearing that he's the most talented player, but oh, I wouldn't take him first. But he is the most talented quarterback. <laughs> Makes no sense to me. Um, all right. Parlay kid, what's your best bet? Well, so I'm kind of sticking with the quarterback thing, too. I'm taking a minus 225 under five and a half quarterbacks taken in round one. Here's the thing with this. I don't like to work in the minuses, but I think this is pretty pretty easy. Uh, there's no disputing there's going to be five quarterbacks taken in the first round, with, with Jackson probably being the fifth. Now, who's the sixth? I'm actually a big Mason Rudolph fan. I think he's going to be a heck of a pro football uh, professional quarterback. But, Sal, you know the last time five, even five quarterbacks were taken in the first round was 1999. Mm. Uh, six, I couldn't even go back far enough to find out when that happened, if it's ever happened. Uh, there are some GMs that think Rudolph could be, should be drafted on the third day. Some say second day. Some say first day. I, the only team I think that could roll the dice on, on Rudolph would be the Patriots. But after hearing some of these uh, other GMs talk about Rudolph, I don't think the Patriots are going to waste a first-round pick on Rudolph. I really don't. I think they're going to be smarter than that. He's going to fall to the second round, possibly the third round. At minus 255, uh, excuse me, minus 225, I like the under five-and-a-half quarterbacks okay. in round one. The only problem is you might have to sweat out the last, like, 15 picks or so. <laughs> That's all right. That's, fun. That's the fun of it all. Yeah. That's the fun of it. You're right. Tape five. Way, 1999. Yeah. Those quarterbacks were Couch McNabb, Achilles Smith, Cole Pepper, and Cade McNown. Oh, not too good. So all I keep, I can't believe this, but they said Couch was the last time the Browns reached, uh, took a quarterback over. Uh, now I'm going over on the whatever, but before the 19th pick or something. Does that make any sense? Is that right? Uh, you know what? They're so it, they're so it, bad at this, but they really <laughs> have not taken a quarterback. Early with all these great well, I picks. I think that turned them off. I think after picking Couch, that with that with the first pick, I know, but it's th- twenty years ago. I know. All right. They, I just think it's that long. I think that really that set them I, back. So I think it's uh, that's very possible. So I guess that's true. It sounds right. Yeah, yeah I think it's the twenty second pick because they took twenty second. Yeah, they took Brady Quinn twenty second. They took Johnny Menzel twenty second. Right. And they took Brandon Whedon twenty second. Tate, who screws up uh, the Parlay Kids? Oh, man. The Parlay Kids bet here. Does is, is Logan Woodside make his way in from Toledo? Or is, is this a, a, f- a five or a six? I, I think it's I think it's at most five. I, I would be shocked. I mean, Rudolph, if, if he gets taken in the first, I mean, that would be, uh, honestly, I think that would be shocking, too. I, I think a lot of people will hold out, but I, I don't know. The, the, more, the more I hear, uh, but it's usually coming from the Browns camp, it seems like people are enamored with all these quarterbacks, but I, I just don't see that happening. Right. All right, uh, Harry, your best bet. Well, I have been hot. I have hit two in a row. 
Yeah. But I'm going to stay away from the NBA. I'm going to stay from <laughs> away from the NHL. I'm going to. Everyone knows I'm a big oh, no. fan of golf. Uh oh. Big fan of golf. But I'm going to step out of the box here. I'm not going to go to the PGA. I'm going to go to the European Tour. Oh man. The Volvo <laughs> China Open. And I'm going to take in a matchup the Frenchman Alexander Levy minus 170 over Thailand's Kyrdek Effie Barnrat. Would you like to know why? Does anyone want to know why? Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I got a lot of facts to back this up. Now, Levy is up to 47th in the world from 66th after winning last week in Morocco, who I actually thought I was going to bet after Saturday's round, and I told Brian this, but I was too much of a little puss to pull the trigger. <laughs> Anyways, Levy loves playing in China. He won this tourney last year while Affy Barnrat missed the cut. In 2015, Levy finished 23 spots, higher than the Bangkok native. And in oh 2014, <laughs> Levy won this tournament also. So at minus 170, Levy over Affy Barnrat, I think it's a steal. No, seriously, what's your best bet? Uh, that's cute, but really. <laughs> that was funny, but really. All right. Levy over Effie Barnrat. Uh, okay. <laughs> Volvo China Open, is that what you said? That's correct. All right. Hey, it gives us something to watch at night at about 10 o'clock at night on the Pacific. Uh, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> Tate, did you did you and Lombardi cover the Volvo China Open? Or no, that, that's right. on next week's pod. Okay. Uh, yeah. You'll only hear about this here. <laughs> and maybe Larry Wilmore will, will mention it. I don't know. All right, Parlay Kid, I'm going against you here. My best bet is under two and a half wide receivers taken in the first round. It's minus 155. There were three last year. Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross. Eh, four in 2016. Corey Coleman, Will Fuller, good. Josh Doxson, promising. Laquan Treadwell, not so good. Six in 2015. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of these, but Kevin White and, like, Rashard Perryman are above them. I think the league – now, 2014 was a great class. Watkins, Evans, Beckham, Cooks. The league, I think, is learning their lesson, though. These numbers are going down. Six and 15. Uh, four and 16, three last year. Look, you could get wide receivers all over the place. Tyreek Hill was a fifth rounder. Michael Thomas, second. Juju Smith-Schuster, second. Uh, your boy Funches, Tate, mm. second rounder. Montgomery and the Packers, a, a dual-purpose uh, player, third round. Stephon Diggs was a fifth rounder. I think these teams are running. Look, I don't even know if the Cowboys are going. I think I could see them screwing us and uh, doing the opposite of what everyone thinks they will do and should do, take a receiver in the first round, and that will throw everything in a tailspin. I would go under two and a half wide receivers in the first round, minus 155. But, listen, I, I feel like we always lose on these anyway, right? <laughs> Has anyone won on these draft bets in the last few years? Brian, you might have last year. No? No. Well, maybe one. I don't know. I, years ago, I felt like I used to hit these all the time. The last two years, I've gotten killed. It's tough. Yeah. It's right. tough. All right. Let's hear the plugs. Brother Bry, where can people find you? I'm at the Brother Bry, and I think I'll uh, probably post, if I can find uh, a high enough quality video, I will post Harry's uh, Wonderlick test because he obviously cannot post it to Twitter. Oh, this is just his reaction to it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have no, sun, we have no with the proof. Glasses and everything. Yeah, it is pretty funny. We have no actual proof that Harry um, scored as well as he said he did. Right, Harry? <laughs> absolutely did. I don't. Uh, absolutely did. 
Okay. True. Uh, well, now we have proof. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, Harry, where, <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, I'm at AAO Harry. All right. And where's the date this week? Um, nothing yet. We've discussed it a little bit today. Maybe uh, she might uh, she might spend the night tomorrow night. We'll see. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. Nice. Barbecue, movie, you know, Ooh. nice. And Ken likes her like so far. Date, I like date, it. Date, you're liking that, yeah. right? Keep her on her toes, Harry. Your boss, uh, sure. your your boss Ken, uh, who you live with, he he likes her so far. He likes her so far. He did. Uh, we we had dinner the other day, and he discussed. He wanted to discuss this uh, situation. I said, "Well, she has a car. She has a job for 18 years. <laughs> this she is amazing. Has a house, and she has no kids. He's like, I love her already. Wow, this is amazing. Yeah. This really is something uh, else. All right, this is the deal. one." Parley kid, this is the one, right? This is the one it, for him. This is the one, Sal. It really so has to be. Makes, we <laughs> gotta have some over under wedding yeah. bells by uh, you know Super Bowl Fifty Three. I don't know what to call it, but yeah. Harry is certainly upgraded. Just judging by a few pictures. Right. Oh, he's, for sure. He's hit the jackpot with this girl for, for him. Yeah, yeah. And for uh, sure. if he doesn't put a ring on her finger. Uh, by next week, I don't know what's wrong with him at this point. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna put an onion ring on her finger and work from there. Okay. <laughs> that was it. Can, I, can I borrow eight grand from you, Darren? <laughs> eight grand? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows what do they go for? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, 800. 800. 800 is more like 800 money. a ring. I think is is more like it. <laughs> Paulie Kid, where people find you? Uh, so I'm at the Chalk Talker, and uh, also I did win on my NHL best bet, having the Penguins oh, yeah. and Jets. On a uh, minus 200 uh, series parlay, but it did come in, hit very easy. Well, wasn't too easy, but uh, that was a winner. Uh, so uh, I, I feel good, pretty good about that. But yes, at the Chalk Talker, and again, Harry, good luck uh, with this girl. Very Thanks, nice, bud. very nice. And uh, Tate, you're all over the place, right? You're still doing college basketball po- uh, podcasts. Yeah, once a week, one shining podcast. Mark Tyson and I recorded today, uh, and yeah, three shows this week. GM Streets, three GM Streets after the draft Thursday night. We'll do another one. So at Tate Frazier, yeah, it's all happening. More podcasts. They never stop. Beautiful. Good job, fellas. Boston 92, Milwaukee 87. The line was four and a half. Isn't gambling the best? Really great. I got it at three and a half. Oh, you did? Right. Good, good, good. Closed at four and a half. What, Harry? What were you saying? Wait a minute. I just saw Levy go from 170 to 220 as a favorite. Oh, you're golfing. Okay. All right. That's big big news. (laughs) All right. Listen, this is not over. Don't go anywhere. Michael Irvin coming up in a minute. Now a word from ZipRecruiter. Hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns that what you're looking for identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNBA. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-I-N-G-E-R-N-B-A. ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNBA. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Na, 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 na. 
All right, welcome back to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. The NFL Draft this Thursday night, and who better to discuss than with my next guest on the line right now, one of my all-time favorites. You love him as an analyst on the NFL Network, inside the NFL. Before that, of course, legendary Hall of Fame wide receiver from my Dallas Cowboys, the playmaker himself, number 88, Michael Irvin. Michael, thanks for coming on Against All Odds. Man, thank you guys for having me, man. I miss you, buddy. All I right. miss you, man. I, I had been on Q in quite a while, man. I, I just love coming out there. Man, it's so fun the days I would come out and play with you guys. Man. We had some funny shows, too. Oh, my God. We really did. I like, Yeah, you'd come on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Yeah, I had so much fun watching you over the years. I was a big fan in college and after. And this is a true story. I was in New Orleans with my cousin Jimmy Kimmel. I was singing your praises at dinner. Uh, which Super Bowl? Uh, you know, it was a, oh, it was the Patriots-Rams. It was the one that started this whole mess. <laughs> but we're in a restaurant, and I'm saying this, Michael Irvin, he's the greatest, a great player. He's going to be a great analyst, you'll see. And who walks in with leopard leopard pajamas? Mike, Michael Irvin. In a freaking February night in New Orleans, you walk in, and I said, this is what I mean. This guy is the greatest. You came over, you said hi, you were nice to us, you, and you'd been on the on the show, and uh we miss you too, Bob. It's, it's it's so fun having you on. Yes, sir. We're we're all blessed, man. Can you imagine, man? I, I tell people all the time mm-hmm. that you know a lot of people get up every day and they got to go to a job. You know, they have to go to a job to make ends meet, and everybody's working hard. I understand that, but we get to do what we love doing. And, yeah. And somebody happens to be paying us to do it. I mean, it's, it's just an incredible thing, and, and and it gives us a chance to meet people and. And, you know, be inspired by people and hopefully inspire and encourage people. It's, 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 it really is. It's a blessing. Right, right. And you make it so easy. You make it look so easy. And by the way, I was just thinking, I, I threw that number 88 out there. Just occurred to me, that number 88 is up for grabs again. What do you think? Can you put the jersey on one more year? What do you say? You know what's funny, man, is that I, every time I you know, I go around, you know, and I work out a lot. I mean, I work out hard. Yeah. I'm probably five pounds over the weight that I played. And mm-hmm. so every time I meet see people, they say, man, you look like you can still play. And I say, I love hearing that. But then I look at them and say, trust me, this is not functional. This is not <laughs> functional. <laughs> like that. Are you, you know what it takes to play NFL football. This stuff is not functional. I have beach, either beach muscles or a beach situation. But I would love for the Cowboys to find somebody. They have to find somebody. If they don't put them on 88, if they don't put the number 88 on his back, they better put 87 and a half or 89 because they need somebody with at least that kind of talent right. to have a pretty good year. No, that's you know what? That's enough with the 88. I, it was a stretch letting Dez have it. I know you're going to be uh, diplomatic about this, but I know Drew Pearson wore it before you, and then you having it, and then that that should have been it. That should have been it. But uh, I, I, so, so this, is pure, this, no, no, this is pure selfishness. Let me, let me explain this everybody that's listening. Go ahead. I, 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 I fail to see why people want to retire the number. Let me tell you why. Really? When they retire your number, what do they do? They hang it in the rafters of the stadium, right? Mm-hmm. And the only time they look at that number is when you die. And then they'll pan <laughs> up and say, huh, we lost Mike Urban today for one second, and then they back to the game, you know, and you're gone. That's the only time they look at the number. When the number is on a player's back, and I tell Jerry, put it on a great player's back. Now, with Dez, anybody else, every time that guy makes a play, it's a 
Every time he drops the ball, they start going. Michael wouldn't have dropped that. This way, I don't have to wait to die to get my flowers. I get my flowers every Sunday. I see. Every Sunday. I want it on a player so I can get my flowers every Sunday. I see. Wow, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I will say, though, uh, Jerry Jones did help you out a little. He put that giant uh, 400 million foot uh, long video board up high in the stadium so people could glance around and then and then see your jersey it's not it's not like other stadiums but i do know what you're saying that is nice that's it, a great point though so i didn't think about that <laughs> even, you may change your mind <laughs> change your mind <laughs> listen because when you're at the stadium you do you find yourself watching the game on tv even though the people are right down right there. yeah you're, you're absolutely right yeah your neck is stuck in that position so you can't you can't really look down so you might as well glance around but hey does it freak you out because it freaks me out a little that this Thursday, it was 30 years ago. You you drafted 1988, yeah. right? 30 years ago today. Is it today? Wow. See, I, I knew it was a reason. Today, April 24th. Isn't that amazing, man? 30 Ugh. years ago. My wife and I, it's funny you bring that up. My wife and I was talking about that this morning in bed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 30 years. I told her, I said, 30 years, baby. Since 88, that means you've been spending my money for 30 years. I don't <laughs> care what happened. You cannot leave. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> She's staying with you. Wow. Now let me let, let's go back to that day though. You so you went number eleven, and that was a receiver rich draft. I'm, I don't have to tell you. Number six was Tim Brown. Number seven was Sterling Sharp. A really two Hall of Famers. Five, five, five oh, two, six, yeah, right. Was that right? To, to the Rams. Right. Right. Rams. Ra- I mean, Ra- I mean, uh, Raiders. L.A. Raiders. Mm-hmm. And then Sterling went to Green Bay. Let me get, let me give you this quick story on that. You yeah. Know, I graduated after my junior year, uh-huh. right, of eligibility. Back in those days, only way to leave early you had to graduate. Uh-huh. So I, I had learned that from Bernie Kozar. And if you graduate early, you can control your draft. So if a team, since I had graduated after my junior year of eligibility with a business degree, uh, any team that drafted me, if I didn't want to play for the team, I could drop a class, go back to summer school, they would lose the draft choice, and then I can apply for a supplemental draft. So I'm wow. thinking I'm smart. I'm the brokest man in Florida. The brokest <laughs> man live, right? And, and I'm out here trying to negotiate with the NFL. So Green Bay called me with that seventh pick. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, you know, I'm coming from Florida. From Florida to Green Bay, and I, you know, uh, you know, I was a brother? Yeah. I can't take that cold. <laughs> I couldn't take that cold. So I told Green Bay, please don't draft me. Wow. Please. Then my whole family started saying, no way, Green Bay. No way, Green Bay. But they drafted Sterling, and of course he was a he was a great receiver. And then the Cowboys they went and take took me at eleven. Now, would you have gone at number six? Did you want to go to the Cowboys? I know the money's better if you go six or seven. But would you have gone to the Raiders, who they took Tim Brown, right? I was yeah. My my, my thought my pet my thought process was I wanted to even if it cost me a little bit of money on the front end to be able to make make it up on the back end. Mm-hmm. I would have gone to anywhere in L.A. I would have gone anywhere in New York, or I would I wanted to go to the Cowboys. I wanted a market beyond playing the NFL, you know, because I also was minded in communications, and I wanted to do some of the things I'm doing now. And and you don't see people coming out of out of Green Bay and and, and out of Carolinas and all of that stuff getting these kinds of opportunities. Yeah, it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> so you know, so so absolutely. If the Raiders, oh, the Rams, I, the Rams coach, the Rams coach at the time was Norv Turner. The Rams wanted to draft me, but they had the 14th pick. The Raiders, 
Cowboys took me at 11, and mm-hmm. then the Rams went on and took Flipper Anderson. Flipper Anderson. played well for them. Yeah. Right. And I, but I would love to be in out in L.A. or certainly out in New York. Right. And Anthony Miller was in that draft, too. That was a very – I mean, if, if Sterling Sharp doesn't get hurt, you have you, Tim Brown, and Sterling Sharp, three Hall of Famers in the top 11 picks, wide receivers. That You'll never see that again. But that's uh, – that is spectacular that you you uh, landed with Dallas. So okay, so then and Ken Norton Jr. Another, yeah, I'm, another I'm good. Drop that. I'm gonna drop that on our coverage here, Sal. I appreciate you dropping that in my ear. I yeah. didn't think about that, but I will be using that on Thursday when we got coverage. So if you see me use it, and I don't give you credit, just know I'm thinking that, about. That's it. okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm honored that you would even think about it a second time. And then Dallas, they you guys get uh, Ken Norton Jr. I think is a second round pick, and then. I'm just going to take you down memory lane now. So 1989, Aikman goes number one. But what a lot of people forget, you had Steve Walsh, too, as a supplemental pick. And University of Miami guy. And I remember it as as many people wanted Walsh to start as wanted Aikman to start. That's got to be weird for a team. You're a University of Miami guy. What were you thinking? What were your teammates thinking at the time? And I love Steve. And, you know, Steve and I had just won a national championship together right. in Miami. And, you know, I spent my summers in Minnesota uh-huh. with Steve training and it working out. Um, and, and, and Steve was playing because Troy had gotten hurt and she was playing. And, and, and there were some certain things you kind of learned at the pro level that was a little different at, at, at the college level. Like Steve had a great ability to make anticipatory throws. You see Drew Brees throwing those passes now mm-hmm. where where you don't wait to see the guy. You, you can throw the guy open almost. But 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 at this level, speed is so critical that the strong you, you need a strong arm to throw those outs and everything. And Troy had that arm. You know, so so it was it early on it, it was tough treading there because we were all young and we didn't figure the NFL out. And Steve Young was had done so much winning for us, and, and we loved Steve, and he had played great. But but we, we found out quickly that we needed that gun that right. Troy Aikman had if we were going to do what we wanted to do. Right, yeah, and it all worked out after that. You know, Because there's talk of Cleveland, and now you, you don't know what's going to happen, but it doesn't look like they'll take two quarterbacks. But there's so much pressure on the Browns to make the right move. Would they go with two quarterbacks? I was just thinking of what it does to a locker room. Does it sort itself out eventually, or is it just a bad call in general to draft two quarterbacks like this, aside from the money problem and everything? And you saw it with the Redskins a couple of years ago, you know, yep. uh, when they took RG3 and, and Kirk Cousins. Uh-huh. And, and, and RG3 has such early success. You know, your mom, mom, my mom is always telling baby, it's better to win late. Kirk Cousins won late. He made all the money. You know, RG3 had early success, took him to the playoffs and everything. And and, and, and and it can be a strain on, on a team, but it also brings about a competition. And this is the one thing I always say. If you show people that you are serious and you're even making people compete at the quarterback position, then everybody gets on their toes because right. we're so all, – we all, we're always giving the quarterback all of the concessions. And when you say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm making everybody compete on this team. You either play or you pack your bags and you get out of here. Jimmy Johnson used to have this saying. He said, I don't need any friends. All I need is wins. If you can't help me with the ladder, get out. Nice. Nice. Get out. And, 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 and that's, what, that's the mentality Cleveland has to take. Yeah. 
Yeah, they have to figure something out because it is it's it really is like a car wreck, right? Like if you see everyone slows down for a car accident, it's like uh, yeah, this is kind of what it is. This is this is Charlie Brown kicking the ball that's not there every year. It yeah, gets no. gets pulled away. <laughs> People just tune in to watch that. But uh, here's why I tune in because you could bet money on these drafts. Now that in 1988, this was a foreign concept, but now Vegas allows you to actually bet on these these drafts. You could bet if the number one pick will hug his mother first. That's how crazy this has gotten. Uh, Are you serious? I, I'm not kidding. You could bet if Drake, Future, or Lil Wayne songs, if players will walk up to any of those uh, artists' songs. Um, but uh, more, more, uh, you know, more mainstream. Who will get picked first? We hear so many things. We're hearing Sam Darnold. He's the favorite. Uh, Josh Allen. Then today you hear Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Browns could be interested. Who do you go with first, Michael Urban? And, and this is so interesting, man, for for Cleveland because they can set themselves up pretty good here. And I think it really depends on how they see the quarterback situation. You know, I I, I, I like a fire. Mm-hmm. I like the fire that Baker Mayfield has. You know, but but you just dealt with Johnny Manziel and the fire in Cleveland. Yeah. And if you if, if you if you see it anyway those three quarterbacks anywhere near each other, then you're going to get the big running back. You're going to get Saquon Barkley and say, well, at four, I'll get one of those other quarterbacks. Wow, okay. And now, can, can, you, can you imagine having a Saquon Barkley and uh, Sam Donald, Josh Rosen, or Baker Mayfield? Right. Either one of those guys, if all of them are going to pan out, now you just took your team and took it to another place. Now, if you go, which you'll probably have to, since they missed on Wentz, they traded away to Houston and let Houston draft this on Watson. Right. They are under so much pressure to make sure that they draft that quarterback that they got to take him first. And, and no matter what the consequences is, if you take him first, there's no way you're going to get Saquon Barkley at four. You may have to come back and get a Bradley Till. Right, and it looks like the Giants would take Barkley at two, or somebody would trade up to get to. Yeah, but I think you're right. That's that could be the way to go because what gets the fans more excited than Saquon Barkley and who you said whoever's left over, Darnold, Allen, or uh, or Rosen at that spot, that four spot. That's pretty good. Now I'm going to throw a curveball at you because this guy, Lamar Jackson, two weeks ago, his over under in terms of draft uh, position was 31 and a half. Now it's all the way. Vegas has it down to 17 and a half. Is he going to make everyone look stupid? Wait, wait. They say, so they're saying the, 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 the bet is that he'll go by they'll, 17 picks? They'll say, yeah, they're saying he's going to now go in the middle of the round. He was projected to go towards the end of the round, even out of the first round a few weeks ago, they said. Now he's he's there's so much interest. Right. I know. I, I think – I think I keep hearing the same thing. Like, yeah, he's the most talented guy, but I wouldn't pick him first. Like, why? That makes no sense to me. Why? What are you going to do? They're going to get embarrassed by this guy, right? I, I, I take a chance on him. I don't even think it's a chance. He's the guy, right? I'm with you on that, man. I'm with you on that, especially in today's NFL. Where, where? Let me and, and let me tell you what I mean by today's NFL. It used to be the old way where everybody was just drop back quarterback three, five, seven steps, and throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, in today's league, because of defense alignment, those guys are running so fast now, we have to forego a little accuracy for mobility. Right. you got to say, okay, maybe he's not as accurate as I like, but he can run because he, so he needs to get out of the way so we don't tear his head off. And when you start talking about mobility, oh, my God, 
mm-hmm. you see what Deshaun Watson meant, meant to Houston. This kid is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He is phenomenal. I, 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 I wouldn't take. I, I don't think he'll last past the 17th pick. Right. There's no way. If you take that, I, I, I'm, I'm not telling you to go bet. I'm not telling anybody that because I can't do that. <laughs> NFL don't allow me to do that. But I'm just saying he won't be around for that 18th pick. That's all I'm saying. So you think like a Denver or a Miami or someone grabs him, one of those one of those uh, teams that aren't in the top three or five right there. Arizona maybe makes a move and takes him something. Yeah, I, I, I for him to last that long, it seems like a big big swing and miss by a lot of these teams that that need a quarterbacks. Big swing and miss. A yeah. big swing and miss. And now, if, when you get him, don't 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 get him and try to force him into your rigid system. Get him and use all his gifts and put a system around him. That's what I want him to do. Right, right. Now listen, there's a there's a prop out there. This this jumped out at me. Odell Beckham. Will he be part of a trade? The odds are against it. The no is six to one, three and a half, three and a half to one odds that he is part of a trade on draft day. Do you see it? There is something always. Yeah, there's always some curveball thrown on uh, on the Thursday, isn't there? Yeah, but they're not getting rid of Odell Beckham. No, they're not getting rid of Odell. No, no, no way, no way, no way, no, 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 no. didn't keep Eli and putting Eli through another year, and then don't have any talent around him. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't you don't do that. As well, Packers, if you're going to get rid of Odell, then you package Eli and get him out of there too, and say, hey, we're, we're starting fresh. That's what you do. There's no way you get rid of that kind of a talent uh, in Odell Packers. So it, a, lot, a lot of noise will be around it, but trust me, no, no, he's not going anywhere. Not happening. Yeah, and plus, they, but they brought Pat Shermer in. It, it would be a it would be a debacle if uh, it would be a real head scratcher if uh, they got rid of Odell. All right, I, I'm on the same page with that. Let me ask you this, because the Cowboy fans will murder me if I don't get your opinion on this. What do, what do we do? What do the Cowboys do? Do they take Ridley with the first pick? Do you wait to the third round? You know, you have the, the Corey Davis didn't really pan out last year. You got Ross for Cincinnati. Like You could wait on receivers, it seems. But are the Cowboys that desperate that they have to take a guy like Ridley? No, and, and they, we got some good receivers in the draft later. Right? You know, I was out there with the guys. At the, uh, I was out there with the guys at the uh, at the combine, uh-huh. and the one thing I saw, I saw a lot of guys that I really liked. I love that kid, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna tell you now. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah. What I saw in Ridley, you don't let that get away. I mean, this kid is dynamic. Hmm. He's fast. He's quick. The only thing that I – and I talked with him about this that I think he needs to work on, really, and it's a great problem to have, is learning how to run with controlled speed. He's so fast, sometimes on his short route, he's trying to get full speed. You don't need to get full speed. Don't worry about your legs hitting full speed. Pump your arms harder. That cornerback can't tell the difference, and he'll get out of there, and now you'll have more control to come out of some of those – Five, some of those 10, 12-yard out routes and stuff like that. Right. Those kind of things, a right coach should get with him and take him to the next level. Don't just judge him on his productivity with Alabama last year because quarterback uh, Hurd was not a real passer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. They used him to run more. You put him with a real passer, he could be incredible. And this is what's great. Dak Prescott 
a lot like Tom Brady. He plays the game inside out. Mm-hmm. That's why the Cowboys felt comfortable letting Dez go because Dez is an outside receiver. Uh, Tom, uh, Peyton Manning, I'll give you some things. Peyton Manning played outside in. He's going to look to throw the ball to the wideouts first and then come down to the tight ends and the running backs. Yep. Tom Brady looks to throw to the tight ends, mm-hmm. the inside receivers, running backs, and then the outside receivers. He hasn't been throwing the outside receivers to since Randy Moss left, really. You know what I'm saying? Right, And, right. and this kid really is an inside receiver. Dak Prescott plays the game inside out. That combination can be dangerous if the Cowboys go that route. And and, and I don't believe in saying, well, let's go get a linebacker. Let's go get some, help, some more help on defense. I think you make one unit off the chart. You make your offensive unit extraordinary. Yeah. You make it extraordinary, and then your defense, you can build around that. Because defense is just about everybody hustling to get to the ball. And, mm-hmm. and, and if, I, if I'm giving you a lead, 7 points, 14-point lead, then, then the defense should come together. Well, listen, the, the year, so Dak's first year, I think the Cowboys had the, the time of possession was uh, about a minute and 40 longer than the year before. And that's a lifetime, by the way, a minute 40. That, and that does a lot for your defense. And I see what you're yeah, saying. Well, yeah, why not build up the offense? But here's what worries me about Ridley. And I, I don't think after hearing your analysis, it doesn't bother you, I see. Only 17 snaps outside of the slot. He is going to have to line up outside of the slot at some point, right? That, that, but that doesn't. That's just that's just a product of the system he came from. That's not his fault, right? And, and, and a product of that quarterback he had. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The product of the quarterback he had. Obviously, if, if, if when you had heard that quarterback in Alabama, if you're saying, all right, well, the quarterback may not be the most accurate, well, I, I don't want him to the farthest route. Yeah, I want him through. I want to give him the shortest and the easiest throws, and those are the inside throws. And and I think that's what they did. That's what Alabama did. Um, right. they, they 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 said we're going to make sure that we get him involved and get him the ball, get the ball, get the ball in his hand. So they brought him inside. Absolutely, you look at it and say that's a concern from the standpoint of in the slot you have a two way go, mm-hmm. and with his quickness and everything. There's no way you can get your hands on him and stop him. Now, when he's outside, there's a, you know that that two-way go is not as as great as it is yeah. inside. And now you have to learn how to get off uh, the, the bump and run from those quarterbacks. And that's something he'll have to work on. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good problem to have. You're you're too just too damn fast. Slow down. Relax a little bit. That's pretty. That's pretty good though, right? <laughs> as far as a... it, 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 it's a problem. <laughs> that I looked at God all of my life and said, why couldn't you give me this? Why couldn't you just give me that kind of speed? <laughs> I could have, had, could have had an all-of-fame career with that guy. Uh, yeah, could you just imagine? What do you? I, I think you still run a 4-6, four, 4-7. Four, four, what do you think? Have you, are you, uh, have you timed yourself uh, in a while? Where are you? Oh, God, no. Right? no, no let's, let's be real. Like I told you, this thing's not fucked up. When I went... I was out uh, working out a couple weeks ago, and my phone rang, and and just like and I'm talking to somebody, just like I'm talking to you, and they said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm sprinting." They said, "What?" I said, "Yeah, I'm out. I'm out sprinting right now. Right now, I'm in the middle of a sprint." They said, "You can talk to me as you sprint. There's no wind blowing anything." I said, "Yeah, that's, that's about how fast I run." Now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Hey, this, this 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 age thing is real, man. I 
I know. This thing is real. I yeah, this I know. Is real. I don't think it, I don't think it's affecting you as much as you're letting on. I think you could still pull a four or five in those uh, leopard pajamas. I believe it. I believe it too. I wish I could. If I would, <laughs> I, if I could, I'd be on the field getting those big old contracts they're paying guys yep. out. Yep. Michael, thanks. NFL Network. I look forward to your analysis on the draft. Uh, Thanks for the memories, man. I, I, you know, I feel like this is my funeral. But uh, thanks for coming on against the odds. I appreciate it, pal. Well, man, anytime you need me, buddy. Anytime, just call me during the season. Anytime, but I'll always be there for you. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, isn't he the greatest? All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Shoot us an email. Cousin Sal, against all odds, at gmail.com. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, 1135 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that. For the degenerate trifecta, Master Tate Frazier, and the playmaker, Michael Irvin, I'm Sal, saying so long and happy handicapping.